Hello and welcome to JNL Stadium Tour Unleashed. This is the divisional round recap. My name is Justin. And I'm Lucas. And in this episode, we're going to review our thoughts for the divisional round that is in the books. Our first game is the first game on Saturday, the Texans against the Ravens. I will let you go first on this one. Alright, so uh this game is good for the first half. Um Ravens are the better team, more complete team. It showed the second half they came out and took control. Uh Lamar, you know, took the game in his hands, played his style of game. Uh he didn't have a whole lot of passing yards, but uh made up for it with the rushing yards. Um I have concerns with the the Ravens team when the run isn't working and Lamar has to step up and make throws. Uh, Fortunately, in this game, they didn't have to worry about that. The run was working for him. Um, Nice thing for the season, though, he has looked a lot better throwing than he has compared to the past, in my opinion. Um, So I think he's got that in his favor. Hopefully he continues and does actually look to throw first instead of just taking off. Um, but with this game, it was it was pretty much the run game for him. Um, looking back for the Texans here, uh, Stroud, I mean, put up a good fight all season. They much better team than probably anybody expected for them. And, uh, yeah, put up a good fight in this game. Uh, halftime, they couldn't make the adjustments, though, it looks like, and unfortunately are done for the season. Uh, but I do expect they're going to come back even better next year. I uh, want a year under the belt for a lot of these players that pretty young and just get that rhythm together and, I think they'll come back. They'll be pretty strong next year. Yeah, for sure. This game definitely, like you said, is a tale of two halves. The first half was awesome defense against defense. And it was really fun to watch, entertaining game. And the second half, it was just a control of the Ravens, a dominant performance offensively and defensively. Um. The crazy thing about this, the Ravens didn't have one sack all game. And that just shows the awareness and the ability that C.J. Stroud has to avoid all that. But the big a big thing for the Texans, uh, Noah Brown was out this game. Yep. So I think that played a big factor in the offense being able to get going. Because when you lose one of your top receivers, other than Dell, that's been out for a while now, it's hard to get more people into it because, you know, you have Singletary, your second leading wide receiver with only 48 yards. That kind of hurts an offense. And there was no run game at all for them. So it just kills an offense when you're losing all your top players. And... Collins played well, like he always does. 
So you know he's going to be there. And then Schultz played his normal game uh, with the safety blankets and being there when he needed them. But Ravens stepped up, and that just shows you the experience that this Ravens team has <clears throat> compared to the young Texans defense. And like you said, Lamar Jackson really didn't have to do a lot of throwing, but he was precision on the passes he did make. He didn't really have to throw much when your defense is controlling the game like it did. Uh, they also had people stepping up like Nelson Aguilar, Rashad Bateman, people that weren't showing up during the regular season and now are showing up during the playoffs. And it's a perfect time for them to show up. It's just kind of crazy, in my opinion. Like, scoring, you know, the 34 points and only attempting 22 passes. That's just crazy in today's league, the way that yeah. they played. But that's the way this team is built. It, Lamar typically doesn't have to throw that much, but if it does come to that situation, we'll see what happens. I don't know if he'll get tested this week or not, but so far, I mean, a lot of games this season has been where he's thrown, you know, 20 to 26 passes. Right. And, yeah, I don't know. The, we'll talk about that a little later, but we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting on how this works and how it plays out because, you know, the Chiefs are a team you can never count out. So. Right. Their defense is sneaky good. It. Yeah. I mean, it. Oh. It should be a good game, hopefully. I don't know. Um, one of the things that I thought was kind of crazy, uh, I think Singletary, um, he had what, one rush for like 13 yards. Prior to that, I think he was like under one yard a carry. Yeah, 16. Yeah. Is long. That is insane. And so he's got a long of 16 and he's only got 22 yards. That's, yeah. <laughs> wasn't a very so, good running yeah. game for them. For sure. No, they definitely got dominated. This, but like I said, this Ravens defense is so stout in every level of their game. One of the best, two of the best linebackers in the league. The best safety right now in the league. Like, one of the best corners in the league. Yeah. Like, they're just filled from top to bottom. And when your quarterback isn't throwing your interceptions, it's really hard to beat a team like that. Yeah, this, I mean, the Ravens defense is, it feels like the year when Flacco was there. Yeah, the old school defense, yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, it's a dominating defense that has shut down. They played the Lions, didn't they, earlier this season? And the 49ers? Yes. Yeah, and the Lions, they shut down 6 to 38. The 49ers was another blowout. 33 to 19. And one of those touchdowns came right at the end of the game. Yeah. They they beat the Texans earlier in the season, 25-9. to nine. <laughs> um, So, I mean, it, it was pretty close to the same type of thing. It, I don't know. It would have been fun to see with uh, Dell if he wouldn't have been hurt. I yeah. think the play that he was in on and got hurt is just dumb. And that 
hundred percent is on the coach. Yep. But one hundred percent. It it happens. It's just unfortunate that it had to happen. But I'm excited for this team though throughout the off season and, and next year it's gonna be so much fun watching them again. Absolutely. It's gonna be very interesting. I'm excited for it. Alrighty. Next game. The Saturday night game. Another good game. Four Niners against the Packers. It was back and forth pretty much the whole game. Uh, four Niners stepped up when they had to right at the end. Shut out the Packers in the fourth quarter. And that's what championship teams do. Uh, but the Packers pretty much showed the the formula to beat the 49ers. They showed the gaps that there were. Dobbs could find every little hole that he could. Um, Jaden Reed had, you know, could slipped and did his thing. So with the Lions offense clicking the way it is, if they just go off of what these Packers did, they're showing <laughs> what you can do to pick up on this 49ers defense because they're also hurt. Yep. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, Ravens did really well. Uh, Romeo Dobbs is their unsung hero, in my opinion, this year. Out of nowhere, didn't even know who he was and has been playing lights out pretty much all year, especially the second half when Jordan Love actually started playing well. Uh, that last throw on Jordan Love, I wish he would have just not forced it because there was still like, what, 45 seconds left or something like that. And I think it was only second or third down. I think it was second so, down. <laughs> yeah. So he didn't have to force that, but I think that comes with him being so young. Yeah. And he just kind of forced it, being pressured, and that's the ball you want to throw away, in my opinion. Uh, Aaron Jones came out hot again. I don't think you can find a hotter back in the second half of the season than Aaron Jones. He's been just absolutely on the tear. And it was really nice to see, especially coming from a non-Packers fan, that's really hard to say, but there's a lot of young people, young talent on this team. Next year, they could be definitely scary if they, when Christian Watson's actually healthy, he played a little bit, but you could tell he wasn't his normal self. But the 49ers shut down their key players. Wicks didn't do anything. Uh, oh, man. So, yeah, big defense. 49ers, they did what they do. They controlled the game when they had to. <clears throat> Purdy just did the little bit that he needs to do. He doesn't have to do a lot when you have a running back like Christian McCaffrey on your team. Almost 100 yards, two touchdowns. Why they didn't run it more is beyond me. They easily could have just ran the game pretty much the whole time. He was averaging almost six yards a carry. Just yeah. feed the man the ball. You know he can do it. And George Kittle showed up like he always does. But this is another team, you know, the people are showing up when they need it. The Jennings guy, 
we haven't heard his name pretty much all year until now. He had 61 yards. Um, but my big factor, I think, that really helped this defense was those two interceptions by Greenlaw and the one that sealed the deal. Yeah. Uh, the Packers put up a good fight in this game. Uh, they looked real good, minus the turnovers. Uh, you, you take those two turnovers away and, you know, the Packers were in this game with them. So without them, they probably would have been able to pull it off. But uh, you can't play the what-if games that you had spoken that last interception. It, that one shouldn't have happened. Uh, I can't remember what the first one when that happened. I was trying to replay that, but for whatever reason, I can't remember when that was. Um, but my brain just fumbled right now. I had it uh, written down too, but I did not. I feel like it was earlier in the game, but I can't remember. Um, but this Packers team, you had stated that, that the young team, um, and throughout the season, you watched them progress get more comfortable and showed that they're going to be a team that's going to compete in the playoffs here for for a few years, uh, for sure. Um, they got a lot of talent and with everybody healthy, they can, you know, next year they can come back healthy and, and make it through the season. They should be there again, competing. Sucks because it seems like they always have a good quarterback. <laughs> Yeah, no matter what. And going into the season, they, after a few games of watching Jordan Love, there was no way you would have thought this was going to be the outcome of, of their season, making the playoffs and you know, competing with what we had been saying is the best team in the league for most of the season. But, yeah, hung in there. Uh, didn't have the most yards, but... He looked confident and looked ready to play. But, you know, that's what counts. Right. Um, and it came in the third, third, third inning. I mean, third, third inning. quarter. <laughs> third quarter, the, that first one did? Yeah, on a third and 11. I had baseball on my mind. We were, the wife and I were talking about baseball, so. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, Third and eleven, he probably tried to force that one. I don't, I, I can't remember it, but yeah, it was a timing. Class. Yeah. Um. However, Forty ers hung in, played. You know, lights out, fourth quarter, and were, were able to secure the win. Uh, there's a lot of talk of Purdy, you know, the guy that doesn't do any work on the assignment and gets an A. Nope. <laughs> um, he didn't play terrible, though. I, no. Everybody's talking him down like he played awful. And he didn't. Like, <laughs> he missed a few throws. Uh, there were a few that were dropped. But he didn't play terrible. And he hasn't really all season. He had maybe a couple games here or there where he would probably want to take back a few of the throws. But Overall, he hasn't played terrible, and 
he's just got a really good team, and everybody wants to talk bad about him because he's got so many good players on this team. Right. For him, but he's earned, you know, he's earned the starting job, and they probably wouldn't be as good a team without him. There are a few quarterbacks you could probably put in there, and they might be a little bit better team, but that's going to be with most teams. You put them at home right. on most teams, they're going to be better, of course. I'm not saying yeah. Purdy is the same level as Mahomes, but he's played two years, and he's played in this game both years. So got to be something to say for that. Yep. And the thing is, like, with certain offenses – you really don't need your Pat Mahomes or your Josh Allen or your Dak or your Lamar Jackson because they're going to do so much different stuff that it might not fit that offense. Exactly. You need these players that fit your offense, and he fits his offense so well because he doesn't need to make that 50-yard throw every single time. He doesn't need to run the ball 15 times a game. He doesn't need to throw these – in tight coverage in between five people like Josh Allen likes to throw. Like, he doesn't need to do any of that. He reads the defense. He throws a little check downs when he needs to. Like, he's a smart player. Like, I wonder. And the thing is, like, he could make those plays, though, too, if he needed to. But he doesn't need to, yeah. Typically, he doesn't need to. And last year, the only reason that they probably didn't advance – is because he needed a new elbow. <laughs> yeah, he yeah he got hurt. I wonder what it he is. couldn't throw. And they they were going back and forth on whether McCaffrey should be quarterback. <laughs> right. So here's so on the season he threw three hundred eight for four hundred forty one attempts, which is almost a seventy percent passing rating like that just shows that he's efficient with what he has to do and that's all you need to do like his average yes is not even 10 yards but when you have an offense and a defense like they have they don't need to make that right so why force things that you don't need to and lose the games that you don't need and that what drives me nuts when it comes to these analysts and all these people that are knocking him just because he's not making the throws that certain people are making but he's winning so why does it matter and that's what really gets me it's like this guy's dominating he has a great record he's been in the championship game two years in a row and you're gonna knock him because he's not averaging 30 yards a throw like come on now yeah like Yards gained per pass attempt, he is number one with 9.6 in the league. (laughs) It just doesn't make sense. He's leading in so many of these things that everybody's like, well, it's because he throws a check down and somebody takes it to the house. Like, that's really not, though, because yards per attempt. Yeah. Again, You have these other quarterbacks that wouldn't do that check down. They'll wait for the bomb to come and develop. 
So he just makes a smart play. Right. Right. Just crazy why people nitpick these small things that should not be picked. I'm curious what his throw, like, how fast he gets rid of the ball. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. It's just unfortunate because everybody's going to nitpick him. And and they shouldn't because he is a top quarterback in the league. I think I had him at two or three. (laughs) Yeah, I did not, but. I mean, I don't know. He's got to be up there. Statistically, he should be. Or did I have him? I don't think I did. No, I didn't. But there were so many people that had such great years this year that you did not expect out of the quarterbacks that were up there. Yeah. So that was kind of was my thinking. I was one of the haters. No, well, not haters, but I just didn't put them in my top five. That's all. Yeah. Uh, Alrighty. Well, we can go into a guy I did put in our top five, though. Buccaneers against the Lions, and the Lions win thirty-one twenty-three Sunday at two o'clock, which is a weird game. I did not like it. it throws the day off really weird for me. <laughs> uh yeah, Jared Goff and the Lions played very well. They easily could have lost this game, but they prevailed. Defense showed up when they had to. These rookies are just absolutely amazing. Like, the draft class that the Lions had this year has to be one of the best in recent years for production out of all of them. You have Gibbs. Laporta, Brian Branch, the safety from Alabama. Like, these, just those three, I'm sure there's more, but those are the three standouts, and they've been dominating all year long. And Laporta still putting up big numbers hurt. So, I, this team is very dangerous, and then you have a, a mega star as in St. Brown. It's hard to find a weakness in this offense. And they're going to be scary going into the 49ers, I have a feeling. But the Buccaneers put up a fight. They played very well. But when you have turnovers, it's really hard to come back. Two interceptions from Baker Mayfield. But they're still in the game. They went for a two-point conversion that, in my opinion, should not have went for. They should have just waited and tried to get that first and then get the next touchdown. And if you want to be ballsy, get that second two-point conversion to win the game. I think that kind of deflated a little more, in my opinion, not getting that two-point conversion that they should not have went for. Um, Mike Evans showed up last week. He didn't do anything, but this week just absolutely dominated. And that's a good way to end a year for him, especially in the contract year that he's in. Almost 150 yards and a touchdown. But again, when 
you have people that are dropping the ball, it's hard to win. Because I think Otten had a couple again this game. Palmer had a couple. And those are just big plays that we can't have when you're in a playoff game. And the Lions just did what they had to do and played a very good game. And all the right people, big-name people that I just brought up, performed at a very high level and made this game the Lions. Yeah, I had pretty much the same notes. <laughs> um, it's been a really impressive year watching Baker this year. Um, I really hope they can figure it out and keep this team pretty much together and see what they can do with another run. Um, I'd like to see it for a couple of years and, and see how they do. I, I think the way they played, they could compete with a lot of teams. And, you know, after a year together, it changes sometimes, and they can compete with all the teams. Uh, and that's one I'd like to see what can happen here. Uh, we'll see what happens over the off season. Um, I would expect they are going to try to keep everybody that they can, but we'll see. Um, this game... I think Evans, like you said, had a couple drops. There was one that was tipped of his interceptions. Yep. That, um, I mean, it is what it is. It's still an interception, but you get a hand on it and you tip it up. It's usually not a good thing to have happen for a receiver. I can't remember who it was that tipped it, if it was Evans or... Or who, but I know it was over the middle. Um, but yeah, there was a couple of passes that were dropped. Could have been big plays, possibly a touchdown on a couple of them. And it changes the aspect of the game. Um, I do, however, agree with going for two in that situation. Uh, just because of how the odds work. If you don't make it, there's a good chance that you would be able to win the next one just because two-point conversion is, I mean, fairly often converted. I don't know the exact percents on it, but the analytics show going for it in that situation, and I do agree with that. Um, However, I think at the end of the game, they did have a timeout. There's been some controversy on that. Whether they used three timeouts or not, everything I could find is they only used two timeouts. And so they could have used a timeout, uh, made them kick a field goal. And that was a longer field goal with the chance that they miss and get the ball where it is. I don't know if they, if whatever reason, they elected not to. And I guess kind of gave up on the game a little early because I feel they could have had about 30 seconds. I think it was like 43 seconds when they kicked the field goal, wasn't it? Or when they uh, yeah. started for the kneeling. I don't, or 30 yeah, I don't know why they didn't call that. 
I don't know. It just didn't make sense to me. But <laughs> um, either way, Lions won. Um, either team, I mean, either outcome. If the Bucks would have won, I feel either team deserved it the way that they played. Um, in this case, the Lions deserved it. Um, Goff did get pretty lucky on a couple throws down near the end zone that yeah. should have been intercepted. Um, yeah. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> one hit the guy in the chest almost. And, uh, either way, Goff has that happen sometimes. And that is going to be an issue if it happens against the 49ers because he's going to have to be on his game. And if he's against the 49ers, if they win there against the winner of uh, Chiefs, Ravens, he's going to have to be on this game for both of those that happen. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, you're getting stronger and stronger defenses now when you go further. So, yeah. And I mean, this team can be often explosive on offense and defense. They're going to need to be. Um, they do expect this game is going to be really good coming up for them. We'll discuss that a little bit more, I think, probably. But, uh, but yeah, I think it should be a good game. I'm excited. As am I. Just all these games are potential. Both these games are potential to be highlight games, and it's going to be very exciting. But the closer we get, the closer football's done, and the more sad I get. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's the excitement, but then knowing we have so many months to go before the season get going again. We have the draft and stuff. We have the off-season talks about signings and stuff. It's just not the game isn't there. Yeah. All right. So we'll move on then. Uh, Next game is going to be the Chiefs and the Bills. Last game of the weekend. And I'll let you go first. Um, Like we were saying, all year long, pretty much, this is a team you cannot count out. The experience the Chiefs have is just undeniable when it comes to big games. Their big players showed up when they needed to do. Travis Kelsey has been gone all year long, pretty much. Hasn't played. Stepped big time. Had two touchdowns. Almost 100 yards. Uh, Marquis, Marquise Scantling, like we said, drops passes all year long. Didn't really do anything. Showed up big again this this week. Uh, I I personally think the MVP of the Chiefs all year has been Rasheed Rice. He had a good game as well. Um, Patrick McCombs, he did what he had to do, and nothing like eye blistering that he did. Not the old school Mahomes that's been in the league for as long as he has. But he made the plays he needed to do. Didn't have to do anything flashy to win. And I know I've said it throughout all year, but I absolutely love the way Isaiah Pachenko runs. He runs like an absolute grown man. And his legs are so little (laughs) that he just looks so crazy running. And I absolutely love it. He fights for every single yard he gets. And 
it's just absolutely amazing on the way he plays the game of football because I think it's a lost start when it comes to running backs because they don't get used enough. And I hope running backs start watching him and play the way he does because he fights for everything, no matter if it's a catch or just a straight-up run. And he puts everything into it, and you can tell it's not he gets hit and he flops over. It's just legs are pumping, moving as much as he can every time he gets the ball, and I absolutely love it. Uh, Bills, Josh Allen absolutely tore it up. Offensively, I mean, in the air, he did okay, but on the ground, that's where he shined like he normally does. Do I think he should make smarter plays in certain passing situations? Absolutely. Uh, he did have that dime in the corner to Shakir, which was absolutely gorgeous. Perfect precision. But, again... There are certain passes, certain throws that he should have made that All-Star should make that a lot of people put Josh Allen in as elite, the top dog. But he's not making them in the crucial plays that he needs to. Uh, and again, Stefan Diggs was nowhere to be seen again. I'm not sure if it's just the chemistry with Josh Allen now and the way they've been fighting all year is affected that when it came down to these bigger games getting into the playoffs. I'm not sure. But he just vanished off the face of the NFL world. And it's really weird to see when he's such a high-profile wide receiver and people still think he's in the top conversation as one of the better receivers in the NFL. I, just crazy to see. Um, I guess the biggest con controversial call has to be that touchback that I think it was Gantling when he fumbled it. or No, Hardman when he fumbled. Yeah, Hardman, yeah. And it bounced out of the back of the end zone and the Bills got the ball. I don't know how they can fix that, but again, hold on to the ball and you won't be in those situations. Um, and the last note I have for this game was, where is it again? That risky fourth down that, that they did for that punt, the punt, and they had like a yard or two to go, and they gave it to Hamlin, and he didn't do anything with it. Uh, they're lucky the Chiefs did fumble it at the end because that was the they went down, and then Hardman uh, fumbled the ball, so they got saved. But with that, they would have lost the game for sure if they wouldn't have got that ball back. Um, and I feel really bad for Bass. He's been really good all year. And you miss a field goal that he did, and you got to feel bad for him. Yeah, it's one of those things. Like, you can't put all this on the kicker. No. 
the offense had chances. The defense had chances. The kicker's going to take all the blame. It's unfortunate. I always make the joke that kickers aren't people. But, you know, you can't put that, that blame on them in any situation. I, the kicking job would be terrible. I would not ever want that. <laughs> the amount of pressure that you have on you just in general. Yeah. And it it all depends on the person holding the ball. Like, <laughs> or the wind, or yeah, the wind, the snap itself, so much that you don't get the control in that situation. But yeah, unfortunate. Um, Bills should have won this game. I I feel um, yeah, drops and mistakes costed that. Um, it's been that way for them. How many years now that yeah. they've, you know, ran into the Chiefs and, you know, been right there to win it, but just can't. Uh, call it bad luck or whatever you want, but somebody's got to step up and be willing to make the play. Um, there was a thing on Twitter that I saw that over to like the last eight weeks, the passing yards for digs versus the or the receiving yards, sorry, for Diggs versus the receiving yards for Shakir. And then the targets. Um, they had almost the same yards, but Diggs had like sixty more targets. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what is happening there. Um, maybe it's the whole plan to tank everything and get traded to the Cowboys because he wants to play there with his brother. Yeah, play with his brother. But man, wouldn't that be a scary duo? Oof. <laughs> like, that's what has been the talk for what, how many years now? Yeah. That they want to play together. And Trayvon has said he's not leaving. Right. And I mean, that's when Diggs kind of became unhappy. Who knows? I don't know. I, I mean, Diggs is a good player, but he seems way too much drama involved. But. Yeah, 100%. I think uh, Shakir, Kincaid, I mean, they're, I think they're kind of made their own mark and their own name here now. So whatever happens with Diggs, um, the Bills might be looking for some wide receivers. Um, Allen played decent. I would rather see him throwing than running as much as he does because he does have a good arm. Um, it's just, I don't know if it's chemistry or routes or what, but people just aren't getting open as they should. Um, there was a throw that everybody was talking bad about too, where I think Diggs was crossing like eight yards down the field mm-hmm. and uh, he threw it for a touch uh, for it was like 35 yards, 40 yards for a chance at a touchdown. And everybody's like, he should have taken the check down. But when you watch the play and you see how the, he's doing the reads, his read was right. And he had the throw. Uh, just It just didn't happen. Um, but I don't know. It's just frustrating. 
Um, everybody puts him up in the elite category. And what has he done to earn that uh, shootout with Mahomes a couple years ago? I don't know. I, I, he is a good quarterback. It's just I think the team needs to put a little bit more around him. And unfortunately, yeah. good quarterbacks need help too. So, um, yeah, as far as the Chiefs, uh, I've been waiting like all season to say this. Maato finally showed up for Mahomes in this game. Um, there for the two touchdowns. And yeah, it was nice to see. That was a commercial reference in case you didn't get it. I definitely got it. <laughs> okay. Um, I definitely did. <laughs> Why can't I be crazy if you hear that? Yeah, I did hear that. Um, my husband just came to my room too. So. Uh, Pacheco, though, I think you, you said uh, Rice is the MVP for the team. I, I think Pacheco is. Um, this team has relied on the run game this year so much compared to prior years. Um, and again, going forward, if they want to have a chance to compete against the Ravens, Pacheco needs to be involved heavily. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, I mean, Kelsey and Rice should be in there as well. I don't trust anybody else really on the <laughs> receiving end. However, um, I, I think getting Pacheco going is the most important for that. Um, it's nice to see, uh, for my father and I, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm cheering on the Chiefs, but. It is uh, that's what I'm going with. Well, I'm, that's what I'm cheering for, but. Yeah, it hurts to say because I, I wasn't a big fan of the, the way Mahomes was responding to some controversy a few weeks back, but... Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think out of the teams for the AFC, ultimately, I, I would be fine with either, but I'm going to cheer for the Chiefs just, just because, again. <laughs> That's all I got on, on the game. It was a good game. Wow. All these were. Yeah, those are definitely a very good divisional... I mean, yeah, divisional round for sure. Yeah. Alrighty. So, with that being said, I've got nothing else either. Uh, I went three and one, and you went two and two. So it leaves us both at six and four right now, and that's the closest we've ever been in our predictions this year. <laughs> uh, so very good rounds for that. Um, who will go into our offensive player and defense player of the week. And I got Travis Kelsey because he showed up big when he needed to, got the two touchdowns and helped their team advance when he hasn't been showing up at all, all year long. That's a good one. I got Lamar, uh, just second half of the game, taking the game over, um, Playing his game and, you know, putting a stamp on, on this, that they're winning it. Yeah. Big. Very big. 
Oh, I did have something written down. Where was it? Oh, that game. That Ravens game? Yep. Their first touchdown was the first time in his career that he has the touchdown before the fourth quarter in a playoff game. Jackson? Yeah. Really? Yep, that's what they said in uh, one of the highlights on after he scored. Yeah, he hasn't had super good luck in playoffs. (laughs) Yeah, first TD before the fourth quarter in a playoff game. That's interesting. I can't believe I didn't say that. Yeah. Freaking crazy. (laughs) Uh, Defense player, who do you got? I got uh, Drake Greenlaw. Um, You know, just two interceptions, and that, to me, is the deciding factor in this game, for sure. And that game-ending one was huge. Yep. That's who I have as well. That one was actually looking through like the defensive players. There were a couple, but there wasn't anything competing with him, in my opinion. Right. So now we are going to split up, and we're going to do defense players this week. We did offense players last week. This year, this week we'll do defense, and like we said last week, it's just what we think based on this year alone. Nothing going off of last year or career-wise, just this year alone. So, we are. I have linebackers first on my uh, note. If you're okay with that. Yep, we're going to do linebackers. And we're going to go five to one again? Uh, yeah. That way again. All righty. I have Roquan Smith. Okay. Um, so my number five, I got uh, the Neil Hunter. <laughs> See, I have him as a D end. Oh, do you? Yeah. That's tough with the edge. We had, we had discussed yeah. this because yeah. it goes back and forth, like, that the edge should be a D end, but it's considered a linebacker, which is right. range. I, I don't know. I put him in the linebacker category, and that made my linebacker category really tough. Right. Well, yeah. So that it's going to be different, but again, depends on what you look at, and depends on what. Yeah, it's just it's going to be interesting. I'm okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Number four, I have, I need to find this first one. I forgot to write it. Uh, Franklin from the Colts. Okay. I'm trying to remember his first name now. I can't believe it. Zaire Franklin. There we go. can't believe I forgot his name. I have uh, Smith from the Ravens. Oh, Roquan. Yeah, yeah, Roquan. Um, I, I don't know how to. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to say this guy's name. Olo Wakon. Uh, he's a linebacker for the Jaguars. He had 143 tap. Uh, I think it was 143 tackles. Uh, 
just all the stats I was looking at, he was in the top on all of them, and just watching the way he plays, just an absolute beast, and that's who I have. I wish I knew how to say a lot of these guys' names that were in there. <laughs> yeah. It, well, some of the names, I don't have so much here, but my uh, defensive tackles, I will. But um, my number three, I have Khalil Mack. Yeah. Again, similar situation, but tough. I don't know. I'm classified as a linebacker on most statistical sites. So. I think he. I think he is a linebacker in general. I think. I don't have him on either. I guess so. <laughs> uh, my number two, I have Bobby Wagner, led the league again in tackles, and top five in solo tackles. Uh. One of the better coverage linebackers in the league, even though he's like 90 years old. <laughs> Not that old, but he's old. He's getting up there. I have my number two is Josh Allen from Jacksonville. Yep. He's good. He is. He's good. Uh, and my number one is Fred Warner. Yeah, I don't have him, and I almost put him over Daniel Hunter, but I can't. I don't know. I got uh, T.J. Watt, which again, same thing. Put him where you want him, but I have him linebacker on a lot. What's that? I have him as a DM. Yeah, <laughs> we discussed it a little bit, but I was like, I'm gonna put him where they list him because Edge is technically linebacker, and it's frustrating because. That term is dumb. It is. I don't like it. And it all depends on what kind of defense you play. Yep. If you run a 4-3, four, four, he's the DM. If you run a 3-4, now he's the edge linebacker. Like, yep. <laughs> I don't like it. But he's classified as linebacker, and um, I mean, rushing the passer is big. I think Smith was the only one that didn't have a lot of sacks and tackles yep. combined. So, but he played outrageous. So, well, I got cornerbacks as my second. I'll let let you start this one. (laughs) I'll I'll let you start for this one. All right. So, cornerbacks, I got my number five is Brandon Steffens from Baltimore. Oh, yep, 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 yep. I have Stingley Jr. from the Texans. Okay. My number four is Darius Williams from Jacksonville. He's good. I have Jalen Ramsey. I just couldn't put him on my list. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My third is Sneed from Kansas City. Okay. I think he, him and my next one have like the most targets with one of the lowest completion percentage against them. Uh, I have Bland as number three. Okay. My number two is Ward from San Francisco. Ooh, yeah. He's a beast. Yep. 
my number two is Sauce Gardner. I like that one. He's for such an awful, awful offense. He was one of the most reliable defensive players on their team. <laughs> yeah, they barely even targeted him because yeah, he didn't dare. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and that's a big part of why I think he is one of the best because they're too afraid <laughs> to even throw to him. Yeah, actually, I don't have him on my list, but he is fun. There are so many good corners out there. Looking so good. many. I, my number one, um, it's bland, and yeah. only because he set the record for the most. Uh, pick sixes in a season. Yeah. Um, and led the league in interceptions. I mean, that's just dumb. <laughs> yeah. I have uh, Sneed. Uh, one of the most targeted wide receivers, I mean, cornerbacks in the league. And not until yesterday, or no. Yeah, yesterday. No. Sunday. He yep. didn't allow one touchdown. With the first touchdown on him. Yeah. So I had troubles putting anyone above him. When you're getting targeted that many times and you don't allow a touchdown is yep. very impressive. I had Bland at number three. And I was like, no, that record <laughs> has to stand for something. Like, I, yeah. I didn't want to put him at number one, but I was like, we won't see that happen again. Like, Probably not. I just had troubles he, knowing that he got <laughs> thrown that many times and zero. Like, yeah, doesn't happen very often. Yeah, without if that record didn't happen, it would have been Ward Sneed for me, one and two. <laughs> Sneed played really well. Was yeah, an impressive season for him, and I mean it's going to continue. I'm sure. This brain coming up because they probably won't even hardly target him. So. Nope. So I got safeties as my next one. Okay. And you went with that one. So I will start. I have uh, Branch from the Lions as my number five. Okay. I got uh, Rayshon Jenkins from Jacksonville as my number five. Ooh, you're just throwing all the Jaguars in there. <laughs> I told you, I think. I have Rashad Bates from Atlanta as my number four. Okay. I got McKinley from the Giants, my number four. Mm, yep. For McKinney. Yeah. Yeah, I know who you I know what you mean. Yeah, he's he oh, there's a lot of these this next day I'm gonna say. Is just like this. Cut out a little bit there. Like all these other people. And I have Metellus from the Vikings. Okay. I have Morig from the Raiders. Ravon. Nice. 
And number one, I have. Ah, uh, Kyle. Oh, uh, wait. No, number two, I have Antoine Winfield. Yeah, that's what I got to. Tampa Bay. And then number one, I have Kyle Hamilton. Okay. I have Bates from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. He's such a freak. He is. Alrighty, well, this is going to be all up in the air kind of thing. I have DMs next. <laughs> okay. Uh, two of the ones you already said were in mine as well, but uh, number five, I have Micah Parsons. Okay. Um, I have Greenard from Houston. What was his name? Greenard. Oh, okay, yeah. I thought you said something way different. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I used to do Jonathan. Yep. Uh, number four, I have Max Crosby. Okay. I got Joey Bosa. Right? No, uh, Nick Bosa. Sorry, from San Francisco. Bosa. Yeah. See, I would have had him in there if. I didn't have Daniel Hunter or TJ Watt in my yeah in my list. <laughs> so um, I have Daniel Hunter as my number three. Uh, number three, I got Garrett from Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. I have Miles Garrett as number two. I have Trey Hendrickson from Cincinnati, number two. Yeah. Yep. He's had an outrageous year. And then my number one is TJ Watt. Yeah, I got Crosby as my number one. Yeah. Absolutely. The story behind him and just yeah, his play, it's outrageous. He's insane. Like, the motor on that dude. Oh. The defense is so good. <laughs> So good. I'm so happy they got, they signed uh, Antonio Pierce. Yeah. I, I mean, there wasn't really any question to us, I don't think, if he should stay. No. There was a lot of talk. Yeah, definitely should not even been talk, but. Alrighty. And we'll go D tackle, and I'll let you go first since I kind of sold that last one. Uh, D tackle. I guess my number five is Ed Oliver. From the Bills. Yep. He's a beast. I don't have him on mine, but I have Aaron Donald. Uh, I went, he had the most win percentage, the most, out of all the, like, top things, he was number one in all of them. Yeah. So, he's tough to defend. He just didn't have the tackles and dominant like he was, but... Even though he was number one in all those, but he just didn't get the sacks and the tackles like he used to. So yeah. I have him at five. I have Donald at four. It's just crazy not having him number one. Yeah, I was looking at it and I was like, it's strange. Like, for how many years he's been yeah. number one on like everybody's top fives? I mean, they still probably. Put him at number one based on career, but this is based off this season. So. Yeah. Uh, okay, who's your number four? Donald. 
Oh yeah, that yeah. I got Jalen Carter. So yep. I didn't put him in just because he didn't have a whole lot of starts. He played and played well. Yeah, I suppose that's good thinking. He, uh, I mean, he played just as much as if he was starting. He just didn't start for whatever reason. Yeah, I probably would have had Phillips in if I actually factored that in there, but I did not. Um, he just dominated so much when he was playing. It's hard to oh, he not did. put him in there. <laughs> and uh, he had that play where he like dove between the center on a spike. Yep. Almost the interception. Um, my number three is Sealer from Miami. Mm-hmm. And there could be, they could have had a lot of people in their defense if they did not line. get hurt. <laughs> their yeah. line was scary until injuries started happening. Yep. I have, uh, DeForest Buckner as my number three. Okay. Uh, my number two is Jones from Kansas City. Um, I mean, we saw the impact he had. So. Yep, I have Chris Jones as well. Number two? Yep. Uh, so number one, I have no idea how to say this guy's name, uh, from Baltimore. Matabuki? <laughs> um, I even listened to a pronunciation before... We started this, and I can't remember. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he – outrageous year for him. I have Quentin Williams from the Jets. Yeah. He's absolutely dominant, and for how much he was on the field – and going off the win percentage and all those good things, uh, he was up there with the best, and I think he had the second most tackles for a D tackle. Yeah, Justin Matabuki. Yeah, Matabuki. I assume that's how you say it. I, I can't remember after watching the video. I, I YouTubed it to see how to say it. I'm guessing that's I can't remember. Guessing I don't know either, but I think he led D tackles and sacks and. Uh, Quarterback hits, I believe it was. Which is he's a beast. That Ravens whole defense is just insane. You don't see a lot of that. Like Aaron Donald was probably one of the few D tackles that got that many sacks. <laughs> yeah, but you typically don't see that. Um, Chris Jones, he lines up outside quite a bit. Yeah, he's not a true D tackle, but, but that's he, what they have. Yeah, him. he's listed as a D tackle, and I mean size wise, he fits that. But he he lines up yeah. everywhere. Where Aaron Donald doesn't, um, I don't know. And the craziest thing with Donald, he's getting doubled and triple teamed all the time. Yeah. Still, to like even this year, he was getting doubled and triple teamed. He had the most double team percentage in the league. That's crazy. Oh, it's been that way for his whole career. Yeah. Just shows how absolute dominant he's been for his whole career. Alrighty. So now we go to the last two games. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. We'll go back up to linebackers. 
and we'll go one through five just to go through them again and we'll go off that. Uh, my linebacker one through five is Fred Warner, Bobby Wagner, Lolicon from the Jaguars, uh, Franklin from the Colts, and Ro- Roquan Smith. And I got linebacker um, Watt, Josh Allen from Jacksonville, uh, Khalil Mack, Roquan Smith, and Daniel Hunter. Cornerback, one through five. I got Sneed, Gardner, uh, Bland, Jalen Ramsey, and Stingley Jr. I have uh, Bland, Ward from San Francisco, uh, Sneed from Kansas City, Darius Williams from Jacksonville, and Brandon Stephens from Baltimore. I still really like that one. Uh, safeties, one through five. I got Hamilton from Ravens, uh, Antoine Winfield, Bucks, uh, Mattelis from the Vikings, Bates, Falcons, and Brian Brands from the Lions. I got Bates from the Falcons, Winfield from Tampa Bay, uh, Mooring from Las Vegas Raiders, McKinney from the Giants, and Jenkins from Jacksonville. Uh, defensive end, one through five, I have TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, Daniel Hunter, Max Crosby, and Micah Parsons. I got Crosby, uh, Hendrickson from Cincinnati, Garrett from Cleveland, Bosa from San Francisco, and Greenard from Houston. And defense tackles, one through five. I have Quentin Williams from the Jets, Chris Jones from the Chiefs, DeForest Buckner from the Colts, <laughs> Jalen Carter from the Eagles, and Aaron Donald from the Rams. I got Matabuki from Baltimore, <laughs> uh, Chris Jones from Kansas City, Sealer from Miami. Donald from the Rams, and Oliver from Buffalo. I had something stuck in my throat, so I didn't say what it so that was our list, like we said, just from this year and this year only, uh, not going with any other stats from here. Uh, we did throw our thoughts into from before, but these rankings is what we thought from this year. Uh, ultimately, we're neither one of us are a big fan of ranking like that, um, career-wise. Um, and we kind of settled on a season because you can, it's a little bit easier to do, and career rankings vary so much depending on person to person. All right, so we'll move on. Uh, we can get the predictions out of the way here. Uh, we got the first game. Get my schedule up. Ravens. I believe that's our first game. The Ravens uh, again. So we got the 2 o'clock on Sunday. That is the Chiefs Ravens. And who do you got? I have the Ravens. 
I think well-rounded. I think their team's more complete. But I think that Lamar is going to have to do a lot more in the air to be able to beat this team because they have a really good defense that doesn't get talked about enough. And then on the offensive end, they have Patrick Mahomes, who is, well, Patrick Mahomes. So he's going to do his thing. This game's going to be very close, I have a feeling. And I've been saying Ravens 49ers for a while now, and I'm going to have to go with my gut with the Ravens. Yeah, I have the Ravens as well. I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a close game. I can see the Chiefs winning, and I'm hoping they do. But I'm going to go with the Ravens just because I think they're the better overall team. A little bit more complete um, throughout the season, at least, playing. But it should be a good game, I hope. Um, and you can't, you can't really count Mahomes out anytime, especially when you've got Kelsey. He hasn't been quite the same connection this season, but they still have the experience there. Yeah, and when he needed them, he showed up. So. I think it'll be they got to get Pacheco going, uh, whether that's on the ground or in the passing game as well. Yeah, um, and that's going to be tough running against this Ravens team, but can be done. It definitely can be. Uh, the last game, the NFC Championship, the 49ers against Lions. Who do you got? Well, I have the 49ers. Um, again, I can see this game going either way. It's just 49ers have so many weapons, and the defense is so good, um, usually. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the 49ers, and I think it'll be a fairly close game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, actually. What do you have for your score? I have 35-31. Ooh. I like that. Um, I as well have the 49ers. 28-24. Uh, but like I was saying earlier, I think the, the Packers kind of laid root of how the 49ers can get beat. And Lions do have a better team. So it is very possible that they could pull this out. And I think they have more weapons than the Packers. But like you said, the 49ers are so well-rounded. The offense so explosive. A big part is going to depend on Debo Samuel, I have a feeling. But even with him out, I think they'll pull it off. And I have it 24-21. Yeah, this, both these games, I can see 
going either way. I, they should both be really good games. Um, I really have no care who wins. I'm just ready for some good football. And I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah, me too. I'm definitely excited. Uh, offense to watch. I have the 49ers offense to watch just because of Debo being up in there with his shoulder. It's a fra- it's not, it's confirmed that it's not fractured or broken, which is good. But the, his status is up in the air. And I think the team's gonna have to rally around it to, because it's gonna be a, could be a very high scoring game because both these offenses are very explosive. So I think their offense needs to show up big. I think both defenses have shown that they can give up lots of yards and points yep. if you, if you can get to where their weakness is. Um, my offense, I have is the Chiefs. Um, if they have any chance to win this, they're going to need to put up points. Um, I think the Ravens, like I said, are a little bit more well-rounded, more solid team. Um, But the Chiefs offense can put up points. They got some talent there, too. They need to make the plays, though. And that's why I picked them to watch. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, defense to watch, who do you got? I got the Lions. I think if the Lions are to win this game, they need to have some big plays from their defense, uh, whether that's turnovers or points scored by their defense off of turnovers. Um, but they need something to produce there as well. Yeah. And stop drives. Right, that's good. I have the Chiefs defense pretty much for the same exact reason. <laughs> uh, the Ravens are going to more than likely put up a lot of numbers like they have all year long. Uh, and with the inconsistency of the Chiefs offense and more than likely how the Ravens run defenses for the Chiefs, I mean, to stop the Chiefs is what I meant to say. Yeah. The Chiefs defense is going to have to show up big time, cause turnovers, just get Lamar out of his comfort zone. I think that's the only way they're going to be able to win this game. But there's so much firepower on this Ravens offense. So it's going to be really hard to contain everyone. So that's why I have the Chiefs. Makes sense. Should both be, like I said, definitely good games. I'm hoping high scoring and lots of fun. Um, yeah, should be a good weekend. Yeah, I'm excited. And I'm glad it's only Sunday. Yeah, fortunately, I think yeah, we don't have a game Sunday, but. Oh, do you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, gross. Um, I think it's like an hour and some away, too, so. Yeah, that's that Mayville one. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's Should be a good game there, too, but unfortunately, we'll be watching <laughs> or listening to the game on, on the road, probably. 
right. watching it in the arena. But either way, we will get that taken care of and be able to watch the games or listen to them at least. I don't have much else about the games going on that are coming up. Do you have anything to add to it or anything? Nope. No? Okay. Yeah, this covers a recap, predictions uh, for the conference championship weekend that's coming up. Uh, podcast is available on Apple, Google, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Uh, feel free to recomment, ratings, all of that is appreciated. Uh, helps get more notice for the podcast. Um, other than that, thanks for listening. And feel free to contact us through social media. Uh, we do live game updates and other updates throughout the week here and there. So, um, but yeah, thanks. Yeah, thank you, everyone. And we appreciate everyone that listens and we will see you guys next week. Have a good one, Luke.